Hey guys, welcome into Ball Down South Sports Wave. This is going to be our week seven pick six and no fly zone segment show. And we have John Hammonds and John Roberts. And we have someone new with us today. Uh, Mason Cross is with us as well. Mason's from Iowa and kind of a Big 10 slash Big 12 guy. He's an Oklahoma fan. And, uh, Hey, Mason, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here. All right. We've been trying to get Mason on for a couple of weeks, and he's had some Internet issues. So we're all a little excited to get Mason the on. The Sooners are having issues, too. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yes. yes. And so is this app. Yes, this app is having some issues today, too. Yeah. So we're going to get started with our pick six, our top six surprise teams at the midway mark in the season so far. Now, this doesn't have to all be good teams. It could be a bad surprise with a team as well. So um, I'll start with Hammonds. Um, do y'all want to do this two at a time, three at a time? You run all six. How y'all want to do it? Let's all talk at once. No, we can't all talk at once, guys. I'll just run through my top, my top three good ones and top three bad ones. Okay. All right. Hammonds. My top three good ones are Kansas, um, UCLA, and let's see here. I, I'll, I'll say Mississippi State. Um, I think Mississippi State's had a pretty good season so far. And my bad three is probably going to be Oklahoma. Um, trying to think. There's another team out there somewhere. Um, I I maybe would say Clemson, in a way, they they haven't really impressed me much. Um, you know they winning. haven't. They keep winning though. They do, but they're they're still. I don't think they've really had a major test yet. Um, and the third one I would have maybe go with NC State. Um, I was real high on them early in the season, and they didn't really they haven't really showed me nothing yet. So, but. Like I said, you know, Clemson is kind of a shock to some of y'all, but they I just feel like they haven't really played anybody. I mean they they, they played, played a good NC State, but they played yeah. NC State and Wake, but I mean they haven't really played a team that has challenged them is what I'm trying to say. But I'm Wake not real is, sure I'm not real sure that the ACC has those teams. I don't think they do either. Um maybe a North Carolina has the offense to hang with them, but they ain't got the defense to hang with them. Right. Um there's just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong on Clemson. Um, I'm just shooting the sh the shot right here, but right. you know, I just don't think they're. I don't think they're the top five team in the country. I think you you could make a case that there's teams above them that could be better than them. Say Tennessee. Um, I think Tennessee would could be, you know, top five over Clemson in my opinion. Well, and I don't even think week, this week will be a telltale sign for that. So it will, and I don't even think Michigan's top five. That, that's just me. Um, I don't even think Michigan's a top five team, but you know, that's probably my bias towards the Big Ten too. So, right. All right. So, John Roberts, we'll go to you next, and we'll kind of do this roundtable. You want to do three and three? Are you there? I can go if he's not ready. 
All right. All right, Mason. Jump in there. I think my biggest uh, surprise of the year is Illinois. I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing something right. I mean, granted, the uh, that side of the Big Ten isn't very loaded, but and then they are UCLA. They are playing pretty good. I have to say, Illinois has been a surprise. And UCLA, I mean, <laughs> that shocked me a few times. And then I think uh, my other biggest surprise was USC flourishing. As much as I hate to say it. Well, okay. So, I mean, last week, I don't really call that a flourish, but I mean, you know, like you said, they're winning games, right? They are. They are. It just like Clemson, like I said, they are winning games. That's true. Um, again, I'm not sure there's too many teams in the Pac 12 that can challenge them. I mean, they play Utah this week, right? Uh, yes, sir. But Utah's not quite the team we thought they were Mm-mm. you know not even close right so no, you, uh, my biggest three downfalls is going to be Oklahoma Utah's on there I thought Utah would be a lot better this year yeah I did too and then I know you guys didn't see it but I thought Texas A&M was going to be a little bit better this year than they what they've showed so well, A&M is a team that was really, really high preseason and everything, but I've been saying all along I didn't think they were that good. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a good quarterback. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just really didn't feel like they were a top five or six team like they were preseason. Well, you t- you got to look at this from different angles, you know. All these surprise teams, bad and good, you could you could have plenty of these teams in there. Oh, yeah, um, I mean, you could pick probably based 10 or 12 on, teams on each side, good and bad. On each side, and yeah. if we're being critical, Kentucky's another team that has kind of, you know, flew south. Well, it, um, they, from last week, yes, for sure. From last week, I mean, they haven't, you know, you saw with their quarterback issues without Levis, they're, they're, a, they're a middling team. Um, they're not, they're not the best, um, at doing what they do. And, you know, hopefully Levis will be back this week. But like you said, the major one, I think too, is Texas A&M too. But, you know, they got a pretty good defense, but their offense is just at times it's just anemic. And, and to feel, to make them look like that they almost beat Alabama Saturday shows you that there's talent on that roster but a lot of it had to do with Bryce Young being out right. I feel well, like Alabama played having, with a backup quarterback and had four turnovers had four turnovers and you ain't going to win any games yeah. having yeah. four turnovers but Alabama somehow did so right, right. Yeah. so I mean like look the A&M thing is not necessarily something that's very much a surprise to me and the main reason why it's not a surprise for me is because they've had top recruiting classes uh, not necessarily the number one or one that is supposed to be an historic recruiting class like this past one, but they have been top 10, top five recruiting classes and shown nothing but eight and four. So, I mean, that's true. What is my expectation is that they're going to go eight and four. And right now they're on the road to doing that. And right. so for me, that's not, an, you know, too much. The, the, it would be a surprise if they were undefeated at this point or if they only had the one loss to Bama. That would be a surprise because then 
they may not be on the road to eight and four. They still could be eight and four, but at this point, they would have just the one loss. Right. And that would be a surprise. Well, Kansas but, is another, if you really want to be technical about it. Kansas is another team that we thought wouldn't be with a nickel. And look where they're at now. They're probably one of the better teams in college football in the top 25. So Correct. And, I mean, that, I, would, I would put Kansas on my so list. So, John being Roberts, the, what's your list look like? Well, I have Kansas as being a surprise on the good, All you right. know, because they are a team that's 5-1 and one right now, not something that you would expect. You would have thought that they would have lost at least one more or two more games than what they have at this point. Uh, the offense is just, you know, really good, but the defense still pretty suspect. So I still think that they're going to lose a few more games in the future. It's just that they're a surprise right now as to what they are. Right. Tennessee is kind of a surprise, but, I mean, it's one that you knew was going to show up and be good. I don't think maybe being good this early or this quickly was something that maybe people were expecting. But I think that, that eventually they were going to be good with the way that Heupel was building the team and especially the offense that he runs. Um, and then Illinois. I mean, Illinois is definitely uh, a team that you that, – that they were the doormat of the Big Ten uh, previously, and now they're 5-1. and one. They've won a few games in the Big Ten. So I think, you know, you know at the halfway point that they were uh, – you know, definitely a, a a surprise on the good. On the bad, I mean, Oklahoma winning, you know, losing three straight games right there. That it's like they rarely lose three in a season, and right. you lose three before you get to game six, or, or right when you know with six games through the season, it's just a huge surprise. Well, three in a um, row, three in a row, yeah, three in a row is bad. Since you know, the I mean, 90s. everything like that. Um, and then, you know, uh, some of the other teams that, that are just, uh, not as good. Uh, I'm trying to think of who am I, uh, on, on some of the surprises that are not well, Miami's good. Been Again, a, I, Miami's I didn't, been one, I think. I would throw Miami in the bad, bad surprise. Yeah, but I, I would give, I would still give Cristobal another year before I figure out whether I want Miami, like whether I think Miami should be good or not. Yeah, but there was some expectations is all I'm saying. I mean, you think that they should beat Middle Tennessee State. They should, you know. Right. Especially since UAB throttled Middle Tennessee State. So it's. Uh, I mean, you would think that, that Miami should be better than what they were. Utah, I mean, maybe at five and one right now. I think the extra loss uh, is surprising. Um, but, you know, not necessarily like, I mean, I, they're not too surprising. But I, I just, I mean, you would think that they would be either undefeated or have one loss. It just depends on how you, what, what you view Florida, you know, how you view Florida. Right. If you don't view Florida as being a good team, then they sh- then then Utah should be undefeated at this point. So, um, but you know, here they are sitting at four and two, um, in the uh, and then ranked twentieth, which they should probably you know they were they should be the highest ranked Pac-12 team. Is what they should be. Well, you so know, will the, will they so be, be my, the highest be my ranked one. if they beat USC this week? Uh, well, Mason, no, you I mean, want to jump I think in on Oregon that? Oregon would still be. 
I don't know if they'd jump Oregon. They shouldn't jump UCLA. Yeah, yeah they, they should. shouldn't jump UCLA. No, so they're not going right to be the highest. If they beat USC, they wouldn't be the highest. No. Yeah. No. So, I mean, like, yeah, they shouldn't jump Oregon, and Oregon's, you know, got one loss because the only loss is to Georgia when they got throttled at the beginning of the season. Right. And that's it. So, I mean, UCLA is, you know, higher ranked than Oregon, so, I mean, they definitely shouldn't jump UCLA. So, all right. All right. Hammond, you got anything to add? No, I'm good on it. I want to say this. Hammond's mentioned Mississippi State, and I've been I've been surprised by Mississippi State. I wasn't very high on Mississippi State preseason. John knows that. Hammond's knows that. Um, he was a lot more higher high on them than I was. And at the midway point here, halfway point here, for them to be setting five and one going into the Kentucky game. Um, with the what has happened with Kentucky with Levis out last week and losing to South Carolina and now favored over Kentucky at home. Um, I think that's a pretty big surprise so far. And depending on what happens Saturday, I think it would be a big surprise. I I think so from, from the beginning of the season to now. Mason, you got anything to add? No, I totally agree. All right, man. So we'll go from our pick six uh, segment to our no-fly zone segment. So in this one, we do a, about four topics uh, usually, and we're going to ask a question. I'll do a roundtable, and you guys are going to tell me if you think it should fly or no-fly. So our first topic on the no-fly zone is going to be Ohio State. Right now at the midway point of the season, would you consider them the top title contender over teams from the SEC like Alabama and Georgia? And I'm going to start with John Roberts. What do you say to that? Is that going to be a fly or no fly for you? Are you asking if they are if they should be in the top two? I'm asking point, if you, you think asking... they are the top right now. Do you do you think they are the favorite to win the title over Alabama or Georgia? Uh, I think right now, yes. And the only reason right now is that while they may have had they, they might have had some struggles in some games, but they the, the scores and the reason why I'm going to go I'm going to go with this because the scores and people will tend to look at the final score over uh, you know what actually happened in games and they're going to see that they haven't really had any uh, close ball games right now. They whereas played Alabama's Wisconsin, had a one point Michigan State. They played a, right. you know some decent teams. Right. Whereas Alabama has had a one-point victory over Texas, and then what was the uh, what was it a three-point victory? Four-point four victory yeah. over A&M. Four-point over A&M, and um, Georgia had their struggles with Missouri, um, Missouri, right? And who was the other one that they uh, the one right the week before Missouri that they 
it seemed like they just weren't running away with that one. But either way, Georgia's had some struggles, and Alabama's had some struggles. So they, they, they see that there's a chink in the armor, and really that's just due to final scores. But, you know, what we just said earlier is that um, Alabama beat a team with backup quarterback. a backup quarterback and four turnovers, yep. something that they shouldn't be able to do, right. and they did it. They did. And they were able to do that. So if they have the starters in, I mean, again, you know, it, you know, ifs and nuts were candy and butts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But still, like, you know, if they're fully, full, full strength, they're going to they're going to throttle some teams. But, you know, you're not going to be full strength by the end of the season because it's a grind. Right. And there's going to be some injuries. Um, so. You know, they just happen to suffer one. It's not necessarily, you know, something that could completely derail them. It could cost them from being the number one seed, you know. And that's why, like, right now, you know, Ohio State really hasn't fully dealt with that yet. Right. So you're going going fly. Fly right now. Okay. As of right now, because we're talking about right now. Right. Mason, yeah. well, I'm I'm going to go to you this one. I know that you were high on Ohio State early on, so you you go with this one. Oh, I think it's a definite fly. Um, I thought coming into the year, they had one of the most talented teams. I mean, obviously some injuries have happened, but I don't know. I like Ohio State. I like what they've done. Like you guys have touched on Bama and Georgia. Close games with teams that they maybe shouldn't have. Right. I mean, Bama, you know, without Young is, but it's kind of a coin flip there. Um, I definitely think it's a fly. That's the easiest one for me to answer all night. <laughs> all right. I, I figured it would be with you because I've talked to you about it before. So you was really high on Ohio State before the season ever started. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, some of the defense was kind of concerning coming in with losing a couple players, but. They look stout to me. And, I mean, the hardest game of the year is, what, going to be Michigan? Right, which is at the and end. I don't think Michigan's a top-five team. That's just beside the point. But Right. I mean, they they were up on Indiana 17-10 to 10 with, like, seven or eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter last week. So. Yeah, and then Maryland gave them a run for their money. Right. I mean, I don't know. We'll see when it happens. Rivalry games always go one way or another, but right. I like Ohio State. All right, Hammonds, the floor is yours. What do you say? <laughs> I think it's a fly. I think, you know, Ohio State's got a really good offense, JT Stroud, and that well, you're offense. You're the SEC guy now. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> I think, I think though, with, with a healthy Bryce Young, though, I don't think they're better than Alabama. Um, you know, Alabama has been nicked up at the quarterback position, and I feel like when Bryce Young is healthy, um, and, and we really haven't seen, you know, Alabama's receivers, you know, they're good, but we haven't seen them get separation like down the road is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, to get to that point where they're, they're winning in dominant fashion is what I meant to say. But 
Uh, I mean, they did against Louisiana Monroe and the, the small teams that they played, but we haven't really seen them do that against stiff competition. Um, and I believe once they do that, they'll get better. And, you know, with especially with Bryce Young at quarterback, um, I just think a healthy Bryce Young is better than three or four of those teams, right. except maybe Georgia, um, you know, offensively. But even Georgia is having some issues offensively right now. I mean, they're not clicking like they did last year. So it's – you never know. It's just a who's who type thing. So, right. But if I had to pick it now, yeah, I, I think Ohio State is top two. I mean, you look at their offense, like I said, and their defense has gotten really better from last year. So, um, Man, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm so impressed with Marvin Harrison, Jr., I am. He's a good. He's a good receiver. I mean, seriously, the dude can catch the ball. I mean, and he might. And what's funny? And what's funny about that is he might not even be their best receiver. He, but he doesn't get the limelight like he's their top receiver. No, I'm telling you right now, that kid can catch the ball in tight spots. He can. They're they're still out. They have one receiver that's out. Right? Smith and Jigma. Yeah. 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 Okay. I was just making sure. He, he's their he's their best. Actually, he's actually their best he, receiver. That he's out versus that he graduated, moved on, or went to the NFL. No, that's he's, what I'm just, he's out, right, Mason? He's out. That's what. I thought. Yeah, he's just out. Um, I mean, they're doing this damage without season, him. So. <laughs> right. Is he out for the season, or what, what's he? What's his status? I think he's supposed to come back, isn't he, Mason? Yeah, he's supposed to come back. back. I don't think they've given an update yet on okay. when he's supposed to return to the okay. field, though. No. Right. I just wanted to throw in, man, I've been really impressed with Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, he has made some spectacular catches, some pretty catches. All right, so our next topic is Matt Rule. He got fired this week from the Carolina Panthers in the NFL. And my question is this. Matt Roll will be a college head football coach next year. And Hammonds, I'll start with you on this one. Is that a fly or no fly? I don't think it'll fly this year or next year. But I, I say he'll be on TV, do the TV analyst type thing for for about a year. And then you got to look at it, you know, where where could he end up at? Um, there's a couple jobs that I would look at, you know, Auburn, if it opens up, um, but do, do you want to take on everything that comes with Auburn, you know, with what's going on at Auburn? Um, you know, another job would be someplace like Georgia tech. Um, you know, I'll say this from an NFL's perspective, look at Saban and look at Steve Spurrier. They went to the NFL. They didn't do really well. They come back and they had a, they had winning records in college. Um, sometimes it's just not meant for guys, college coaches, to go to the NFL. It's not. And if they, you're, if they, you're dream, normally, they dream to be there, but it doesn't work out most of the time. Um, you know, I think he'll be put as a Fox third-game analyst maybe next year. I'd collect my money, and I'd wait for something to come open. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, Georgia Tech would be um, some place that I would look at. 
but here's another big if. What if Brent Venables can't get this thing on track? Because I'm going to say this, Oklahoma ain't going to wait around forever because Oklahoma don't don't play that game, especially with the winning tradition they got. Um, they might give him two years, but I don't think they're going to give him three if it's bad from here on out no, through next won't. year. They won't. And I could see that being an attractive job for him, you know. So, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just giving what I think. And I just don't, you know, if Oklahoma's still struggling through next year and the year after, which I don't think they will because they got a really good recruiting class coming in next year. But if it continues to get bad, um, you know, Oklahoma's not going to sit around and wait on Venables. Okay, that's a good that, se- and, that's a good that, segment for me. And that, and that and that could be a, a place that Matt Rule could go. I just I think a lot of the Carolina thing had to do with the way they handled certain things. You know, they they were supposed to have traded for Matthew Stafford and they didn't get him. They were supposed to trade for Deshaun Watson, didn't get him. Then they ended up with that contract with Teddy Bridgewater, which nothing against Teddy Bridgewater. He's a really good quarterback, but he's just an average quarterback in the NFL. And then they had the resort to getting Baker Mayfield, and now Baker Mayfield's out, and now they're having to go to P.J. Walker as their quarterback to, to start while Baker is out. So it was just a mess in Carolina. And I think Carolina ownership seen the writing on the wall and they said, Hey, let's get rid of rule and let's just start from scratch. And this, you got to remember, this is the second coach, um, in a, why is it what in two years? I think that they've had to fire a coach and right in the middle of the season. Right. So it's not been good at Carolina either way. So. All right, Mason. He said some stuff about Oklahoma. I'm giving you the floor on this one. <laughs> is Matt, I was trying to hold my tongue. Is Matt Rule uh, going to be a head football coach next year? And you can, you can like, easily. I think easily. We look at his record at Temple. Started out two and ten his first year. By his fourth year, he was ten and three. Took over a Baylor team at one and eleven, then went eleven and three, then went to the NFL. Right. Um, I think he's proven. He's started with two losing programs, brought him up to ten wins plus. After three years each. Right. And it's hard to do with, I mean, I don't know. With most college programs, it's really hard to do. Um, as far as the Oklahoma thing goes, I mean, Venables is starting over. Oklahoma lost pretty much everything. So I don't think after two years, Oklahoma gets rid of Venables or anybody. Um, Even with y'all's fan base. Our fan base can look at the 90s. We've been spoiled <laughs> since Stoops. <laughs> We've been really spoiled, but I mean, we jumped up to the third recruiting class at three and three. That tells you what the players that are committing think about Venables and all the future recruits. I just don't think, I know it's getting off topic, but I just don't think that letting go of Venables after a losing season, two losing seasons is even thought of. All right. We, we got a little topic on Oklahoma next, so you can add to that in a few minutes. I will. Um, but yeah, I definitely think, uh, I definitely think rule. Head coach. Okay. I mean, there's plenty of jobs open. I mean, right. I just, I don't see him missing out on one of them, especially as proven as he is. I agree with you, actually. I'm fly on this one as well. So, John Roberts, what do you say? All right. Well, I've got a few questions on this. Like, okay, what was his, what was his, uh, his mindset on recruiting? You know, 
because some of the uh, some of the NFL coaches, when I go to the NFL, the reason why they don't want to be a college coach is because they don't want to deal with recruiting. They don't want to have to handle not only recruiting the players to get them onto the team, but then have to every year recruit the players that are on the team to stay on the team. Especially now, nowadays, yeah. Right, correct. Yeah. And so that's something that some people that are in the NFL, once they make it to the NFL, that they that they definitely don't want to do because that's turning an a, a college coaching gig to being a full-time gig where the NFL, man, they actually do have an off-season, a do. time where they do not have to do any work, you know? So do you think <laughs> Rule a, can get another job well, in the NFL? See, that's the thing. See, now what ends up happening is because he's he's listed as an unsuccessful first-year coach, doesn't necessarily mean that he's an unsuccessful coach because they'll recycle through coaches left and right. He can go be a coordinator somewhere or do something and then rise back up to being a head coach. He could, I'm not saying he that he it. wouldn't that that he wouldn't uh, go back to college. I'm just kind of laying out the options uh, against him going to college right now. Now, as far as going into college, you've got you know you've already listed Oklahoma, which as Mason's already said, I don't believe Oklahoma is a, a, a real job right now. I think that if they're going to do anything, they're going to fire Ted Roof. Is Texas A&M so, a real job uh, next year? No, because they're not spending eighty $80 million <laughs> to get $88 million. I'm just throwing it out there, man. That's all. Okay. <laughs> Auburn's a real job. Okay. And the, here's the thing. So while – Everybody can say what they want about, you know, the turmoil in Auburn. The thing that they don't, the thing that they're not putting into perspective is, is that Brian Harson was not the board of trustees guy. He was not the guy that they went and got. He was a guy that, that, that the AD kind of went AD. behind their back and went and got for them. So. And he's the former AD now. Right. And he is the former AD. So. If they go get and they agree on a guy and they are able to get their guy, they're not going to be so much of a, you know, an issue. Now, yes, they could become an issue, but they won't be one at the beginning. Okay. And they'll back off. But it's still, again, because they have popped their head, it it's unsettling, you know, at times, but it's not like, if they get their guy, they're they're going to be kind of out of the picture, at least to for the most part. Okay, for one so season maybe. Auburn Auburn should be more attractive than than what it looks like right now. Okay, Georgia Tech should be attractive. I don't know how attractive because again, the way that you've got to recruit is almost kind of like a Notre Dame or like a some Big Ten schools and some Pac-12 schools. The academics. So you still got to get around academics and then you got to figure out who the heck you want to be, you know, because for a long time they've been, you know, uh, running the option. Right. And when you run the option, you've got to, if you're going away from running the option, you've got to completely overhaul that, that roster, roster right. in order to, to get that back. Jeff Collins may have done that for you, you know, to a degree. So it may be right for the taking once you get it. You know, you may just need one or two recruiting classes to get Georgia Tech at least into a competitive football 
Right. So you may not have to do much. Jeff Collins may have done much of the legwork for you. So. So are you uh, no fly on Matt Rule? I'm going to go ahead and just say he is a. I, I'm going to go. Oh God, because I really, I really think he probably will come back. Um. Yeah, I'll go back with you. He's, he's going to. I think eventually he will be. I think. I think next year he will be. Uh, I think he will just kind of see that the, the NFL probably isn't what he what it, what he thought it was going to be. Right. But you can't just sit there and say that that NFL coaches or that college coaches that failed like Nick Saban. Nick Saban didn't fail. The organization failed. Okay, Saban didn't quite fail the, at at the NFL. I'm pretty sure Urban Meyer did though. Yes. No, he failed. He failed. <laughs> like, he was terrible uh, all around. But, like, Saban wanted Drew Brees. After Drew Brees' surgery, he wanted uh, Drew Brees. And the organization went and got Dante Culpepper, a lame duck, who ended up being really bad, getting – more, you know, getting hurt more with the, you know, re-injuring the knees and, you know, becoming nothing. He got right. fed up that he I don't think get, I don't think Saban do. was a failure yeah, in but, NFL. I don't I don't agree with that either. Right. But the, the, the other thing about Saban too is he wants to be a teacher, a mentor and stuff like that. And that's not necessarily what the NFL is. Right. You know, you don't need that like the, the those are you know i mean those are grown men you know and they're not necessarily looking for somebody to be a teacher or a father figure to them or anything like that you know right but that's kind I of who Steven is he's more of a guy that wants to build up people you know and and develop them and once you're in the nfl you for the most part should be already developed <laughs> Yeah, and so that's not what they're looking for. Well, so it's a man's I think Saban is exactly where he's at. Yeah, and it really just depends on if that's what Matt Rule wants. Does he was he a better developer? Does he like doing that, right. or does he want somebody that's already got it? I mean, he could go be a coordinator for a year or two and get right back in the NFL. I'm sure. Right. So, and 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 I don't know the answer to that one. I mean, I, that's not something I've not really gone into knowing who Matt Rule really is. That's why it's very hard for me to go sit there and go, fly or no fly. I'm going to just be, be for opposite of y'all go no fly. He's okay. not a college coach next year. All right. So my next topic is about Oklahoma. So, Mason, I'm going to you with this one first, okay? You kind of inspired this one. So my topic is Oklahoma. The sooner, the better this season is over for Venables, the team, and the fans. Is that fly or no fly? For the fans, it's fly. But for the uh, for the team, I don't believe so. All right. Um, I mean, you have to think. We lost our head coach, defensive coordinator, cornerback, linebacker, um, defensive line, QB. We lost our starting QB, backup QB. I mean, he's working with scratch here. He's coming in with no recruits from him. Um. We don't know if Riley actually recruited for Oklahoma on the offseason or recruited for US, or USC. Right. Um, so this year he's kind of working with scratch. Next year, if we go and lose three in a row, I think maybe it's a sooner better type thing. But as of now, I I like Venables. I like his recruiting. 
I like what he's doing. Um, yeah. So that's a no fly for me for now, at least. I just think that Oklahoma's in a rebuilding phase, especially moving to the SEC. They have a defensive minded coach that needs to bring in defensive players. Uh, roof is a different issue. We're not going to get into that. I didn't like will. the hire to begin with. <laughs> yeah, John, John Roberts probably will, but go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't like the hire to begin with. Um, but as of now, I'm thinking no fly on that. Uh, I trust Venables, his recruiting tactics, the way that he likes Oklahoma, the way that he's for Oklahoma. I'm all on his side. I'm just hoping that next year after we get some new recruits, get some stuff ironed out. And then I don't know if you guys heard one of our cornerbacks, Graham has been converted to receiver now. So we're trying to get some more speed back on the offense that we lost with Williams going to USC. Right. So mid season moving a corner back to receiver where he won all-star votes in high school before transferring over. I think he's trying to figure it out. And as of now, I don't think that's, I don't think it's fly. Okay. All right. Hammonds. I'm going to go to you next on this one. Um, I think it's a no-fly. Um, I think there's still quite a bit to play for. I mean, you got a first-year head coach going to a bowl game. Um, that, that's a lot for the players to, to grind for and give the fans something to do, um, especially during the, during the winter months, um, late in the year. So, I think you're just going to have to give him time. You know, they lost quite a bit to the transfer portal, um, lost some decommitments. You know, they lost some guys to USC, lost their head coach. Um, it's just going to take some time and not a real big fan of the defensive coordinator, but that's just, that's just me. Um, and I, and I really thought the defense would improve, but it hasn't got any better than it did last year. Um, and that has a lot to do with some of the guys that have left. But, you know, next year it should be a lot better. Um, I think Venables is bringing his own type of um, DNA to this team, and it, it's just going to take some time. And, so, he, and he is a really good defensive coordinator. He, he is. It's just going to take time, you know. Um, the, thing, the thing about it is there's still a chance for them to get to eight and four. Um, but that probably means they have to beat Kansas this weekend to get to that. Um, and that's, that may be their ceiling this year is eight and four. That yeah. Is. And pretty much, and, and that, there ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's Oklahoma. It's not good because you want to win 10, 11 games, Oklahoma. But when you're going through a phase like Oklahoma's doing with the first year coach and everything's going on, you're pretty much going to have to settle for it. I mean, it's, it is what it is. So. Right, and losing right. to Texas like they did was probably the most embarrassing I've ever seen Oklahoma play since I've been watching them, especially post past Stoops era. Um, this it reminded me of when they played back in the nineties, where they there's just no energy and no effort whatsoever. Yeah, and that's where that, that's what kind of sparked this topic. To be honest with you, part of it was so John Roberts. The sooner, the better this season's over for Oklahoma. Are you on board with that? Uh, I'm going to also agree with everybody and say no. And the reason why is because you've got to use this year, not necessarily as you're going to to 
you're not playing for any sort of championships at the moment, but what you are needing to do is play for getting, you know, kind of get right, building the culture, and you need to go through the growing pains of the games and stuff like that. So you you, you need this, and it, you need this time to figure out who's on board, who is, who is, you know, whoever's left is bought in, and you need to go with that. And then, um, and then that, uh, so, so I don't think sooner the better, you know, the fans, yes, yeah, like, you know, just like, um, Mason, Mason said, said yeah. yeah, that, that the fans, yes, they, they want this season to end because this has <laughs> got to be the most excruciating season that they've seen in quite some time. I got an uh, interesting stat, uh, Brad. Okay. It says the Sooners have finished under 500 just five times since the World War II. Right. Yeah. And that that tells you right there that Oklahoma fans ain't gonna put up with it. The fans, and, I, I agree with Mason. The fans now that they you know lost three in a row and they got walloped by Texas last week, 49 to nothing, blanked. Well, and this ain't nothing it's against Mason or anything. I mean, I'm, I've always pulled for Oklahoma when, you know, when Kentucky doesn't play or, you know, I've always been a Bob Stoops fan, but I'm not so sure they beat Kansas Saturday. I mean. I kind of have from, been a Bob Stoops fan. From too, what you know, I've seen just last don't tell, week. Don't tell Mason that. <laughs> I mean, from what I've seen last week, what what can be shown where they lost to Texas that bad what gives me any hope that they can beat Kansas? I mean, granted, it's at home. But One of the things has to be is that the back of a quarterback threw for 37 yards the whole game. Now the hope is that Gabriel's back and Kansas is without their starting quarterback, which is a whole different story. But, I mean, with Gabriel, we've been decent. We haven't been good by any means. Um, but at least he can stand in the pocket and get the ball out instead of running around like a chicken with his head cut off like Bevel was. Be- Bevel is, I-, I mean, not to knock on the kid, but he's not, a high, he's not a college quarterback. He's just. No, he was third string at Pittsburgh, and now he's back up at Oklahoma, which says a lot about how much Oklahoma lost in the offseason. So. Right. right. And, and really what you need is, I mean, you either want this thing to be just an extremely low-scoring game, which it won't be, or just an all-out track meet, which it could be in this game, you know. I mean, you, you want the offense, like you, you want Gabriel in it because then you feel like that the offense could at least become a track meet. Or hang with them, yeah. Yeah, hang with them. Yeah. Because you know that they're, they're not good enough on defense to just completely shut you down. They shouldn't be. You're Oklahoma. You should be able to put up something on them, right? And you know, and but their offense, it, you know, is good. I mean, and it does predicate with the starting quarterback. But even the backup quarterback can put up something. So well, they didn't last week, <laughs> right? I mean, you think that something like that happens. So what you're either going to end up seeing is an extremely low-scoring game or an extremely high-scoring game. There's not really going to be anything in between, right? <laughs> All right, so we'll move on to our last subject of the night, and this one's about Alabama and the Tennessee game. Um, Alabama has to have Bryce Young available and healthy this Saturday to win against Tennessee and Nayland. 
So I'm going to start with Hammonds on this one. And is that a fly or no fly? Mm. I say it's both. Um, because you, you can see. Cheater, pick one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, with Alabama, you know, with this backup quarterback, he's done his job. You know, he beat Arkansas, um, which Arkansas is not really good defensively right now, but he beat a really good A&M defensive team. And that shows a lot that Saban has, you know, faith in his backup quarterback to to make plays. But They can't have I, four turnovers against Tennessee and Nalen and win. There's no, no but Tennessee ranks 128th out of 131 first in in defense pass defense and i think no matter what they do i just don't see tennessee winning this football game um maybe maybe i'm wrong um but he's not he's not no bryce young i'm not saying that but if there was a game that alabama was going to lose i would say it was i'll say it's this saturday um but i don't I just don't think Jalen Milrow is gonna let that happen. Um So you think so they can they can do it in Nalen without Bryce Young and their backup? I think they can. I think it's not so much the offense as it is the defense that they got. You know, Tennessee's got a really good offense, yes, but they're going up a really they're going up against a really good Alabama defense that has not given up a lot of big now they gave up quite a bit against Arkansas, but you know, this is an Alabama front that has Will Anderson and guys that can, you know, get on the edge and make plays. Um, but I think in order to roll, they need Bryce Young. So, and Tennessee, here's my opinion. They're playing with house money right now because they're, the expectation is here, they're always the team that's going to be the ones to lose to Alabama. And at the end of the day, that's in the back of your mind. You know, Nick Saban's what, 15-0 against the Vols that hasn't seen Tennessee win since 2006. So that's quite a that's, – that's been a while. And this is, I think, the first matchup between top five, top ten um, teams between each other. It is. They're, they're top – well, so, I think in Tennessee – I think. And Tennessee, you got to think, is in uncharted t- territory too, because you know they had that good team with Bush Jones, but I think they're better than that now. Um, I mean, yeah, they had Josh Dobbs, they had a few guys, but I think they got they got better playmakers on the outside to do what they need to do to win. Um, but Tennessee, they're like I said, they're playing with house money, but I, I just don't think they can win regardless. This is just a game I think Alabama wins. Um, you know, they'll be up for this game. Tennessee will be too, but I think Alabama do just enough defensively to keep Hendon Hooker in check. Now, they're going to score Tennessee, but I don't think they're going to do what everybody thinks they're going to do, and that's move the football at will. I just don't see it happening, especially against a good Alabama front four. All right. Uh, John Roberts, I'll go. And, and you know, we've said this before, though, John. We've said this before that, oh, Tennessee's like, what was it, a couple years back, everybody was pumping up Tennessee going into Knoxville. 
and Alabama went in. They was up twenty eight nothing before halftime. And right. you know you can't. I understand that you want to hype them up, but too much hype can give this team the big head. The big head and, and make it a negative situation. Well, and that 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 right there is a, a reflection of coaching. You know, can the coaching, you know, make sure that everybody is grounded and level headed? Because that's that's what they've got to do this week. But so they, the so they have, do they need Bryce Young to win this game to have a chance? Oh, for Alabama? No, they don't. They don't mm-hmm. need Bryce Young. It, Bryce Young puts them over the top and makes it a lot. Uh, makes it easier to win, but they don't. It, he's not a necessity. Okay. Um, it it helps to have Bryce Young, but it's not. It's not. It's not a necessity. And the main reason is this: Look, the 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 ten, the, the Alabama defense is going to be the best defense that Tennessee's faced to this point. What Tennessee's got to be able to do, obviously, in order to win this game. Um, is to keep Alabama's defense on the field constantly. They have to be able to stamp the ball every 20 seconds. They've got to put, you know, create the the matchups. And and I'm not really just saying the one-on-one, like, you know, individual matchups. I'm more just saying, like, create where they keep certain packages, defensive packages on the field that then, you know, create some real mismatches all over. That's where the offense for Tennessee wins this game. However, I think that there are um, just the way that Alabama plays defense. You've got guys like, as you said, you know, Will Anderson who can wreak havoc, maybe not necessarily have it show on the stat sheet, but they can, he can, you know, make sure that you, you keep Hendon Hooker, you know, off the mark on throwing on 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 passing the ball, you got to be able to get in his face without necessarily forcing him to run. You know, you want to get your hands in the you know be able to collapse the pocket, get your hands in the throwing lanes, so that he has to make acrobatic plays all the time. You just got to be on him all the time. Well, so you can't allow him to get away. But that's the thing. I mean, the defense right now, I think the defense is good enough to be able to do that. And another thing, too. I think that's the reason why that they can they can win it is because of that. So they don't necessarily need Bryce Young to win the game. They don't right. have to have Bryce Young to win the game. But I think they that it would be very helpful to have Bryce Young win the game. Another thing, too, is Tennessee's giving up a lot of big chunk plays on defense. And that's not a good sign. But they've also gotten a ton of chunk plays on offense. So they are a quick strike team. They are yeah, a quick strike team. It's a, yes. it's a battle of wits, more or less, which team can outdo the other. And I, and like I said before, you know, Tennessee, they hopped this game up, what, two or three years ago? Um, Tennessee had a really good team coming in. Alabama was ranked, I think, number one or two. And Alabama had them up 38, 35 nothing at halftime, I believe. This and one feels different because it does. I agree. Because it's, Dobbs, Dobbs is the quarterback was very erratic when he when he he got in under pressure. Hendon Hooker looks more like a composed quarterback. Okay, but again, not really been you know pressured or 
been under, you know, just constant, constant pressure like what Alabama could do. If Alabama is able to do that, then they are, then, then they can do this again. That will keep, that will keep Tennessee from scoring, you know, so quickly and at, you know, just the insane rate that Heifel wants to go. He wants to go extremely fast. Alabama's got to be able to keep them from doing that. And All right. I guess let's, I, let's I feel like they Mason, can do it. Let's let Mason chime in on this one yep. for a minute. <laughs> See, I think it comes down to both defenses. Um, without Young, if you can, you know, contain Tennessee's offense a little bit, I don't think it's a fly. But if you're allowing Hooker to get out of the pocket, run around, make plays, this could turn into one of them tell-taught Big 12 games where it's 50-something, 50-something at the end of the game if we're allowing people to run around and do what they want to. Um, I think it's a no-fly because I like Bama's defense. Uh, but it all comes down to that defense, for me at least. And you can't turn the ball over four I times. Just, I, you know, I'm I'm at a place where I'm just I'm not sure without Bryce Young that they can go. I mean, Tennessee has got a high-powered offense, and uh, you know the crowd's going to be crazy at Nayland. Oh yeah, easily. <laughs> yeah. So, it's just one of those things. Turnovers are going to be the biggest part to decide this game. I think you can't have four turnovers and still beat. Tennessee on the I don't road, know that you can have two, I don't know that you can have two turnovers and beat them honestly that's a good point I didn't think you could have two turnovers and beat a and m but they found a way to do it right yeah the last time they had four turnovers was against uh was against Ole Miss when they went in that stretch of losing to them back to back seasons they had four turnovers and lost they right. nearly won that game they got real close they were within striking distance of winning but yeah, you, you can't have four turnovers and expect to win the game. And uh, they were able to do so because of the defense and also because A&M's offense sucks. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to read something, all right? So this is about the Tennessee-Alabama game. So no Tennessee fan has ever tweeted about a win over Alabama or sent an iMessage about beating Alabama or summoned an Uber after beating Alabama, or posted to Facebook or Instagram after Tennessee beat Alabama, or streamed Netflix after beating Alabama. Jeez. <laughs> My daughter is a freshman in high school and has never seen Tennessee beat Alabama. Exactly. Tennessee's is the team this year, though. <laughs> I, don't know. I, just on to, the road. I just had to throw that in there. It's been like 16 years, 17, yes, the 16 iPhone years. was invented in 2007. The last Tennessee win it was 2006. 2006. Right. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> That's a crazy stat. <laughs> the past few years, though, Bama's slipped up against somebody they shouldn't have, so. Oh, yeah, and, and they've been close already this year to slipping up. Mm-hmm. And this is, and this is, Tennessee's this barely Tennessee, healthy. This Tennessee, this Tennessee football team looks a lot like their Tennessee baseball team. High-powered offense, but, I mean, if if they get walloped by Alabama, I mean, it, the, the, the comparison will be even more so because they were the number one team, just absolutely kicking tail 
right. then they got into the postseason and absolutely laid an egg. Right. In, in the, the postseason. Yeah. And they do the same thing with basketball too. Sounds like Oklahoma in the playoffs, so. <laughs> so they absolutely have laid an egg in basketball too, and they could be very hyped up and be really good, win the SEC, win the SEC tournament, stuff like that. And then they get and to the then, NCAA and yeah, March Madness, and they fold. So I mean, they've got to have something different happen, and this would be the time. Like you, you go in, you beat. Uh, so how many points does Tennessee need to win? Thirty-five. No. You need, you need, uh, you need forty-five or more. I was gonna say, I was gonna say forty-nine to beat that Bama team. Okay. Yeah. Four, I mean, I'm just throwing a number out. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get it. Tennessee's defense isn't gonna be able to hold Bama to, under twenty-eight. So. <laughs> you, you've, you've got to force it to be a shootout. They have to make it a shootout. Well, you don't Bama see too many shootouts game. in SEC games. Uh, I will say that, but well, this one, Bama, but this one could be. Bama Ole Miss. Yeah. Last year or two years ago. I said you shootout. don't see too many of them. Not yeah, not no. shootouts in the SEC. Yeah. Right. But yeah, this is one where you know whoever has the ball last might win, or whoever scores first might win. It's going to come down to some offense there. <laughs> But more importantly, I don't think Tennessee's defense is going to be able to contain Bama's offense. So Tennessee's offense has to show up, and they have to be able to put up points. Otherwise, I don't see them winning. I mean, they have to be relentless. That's what they have to be. They can't. They can't. But the thing is, is Heupel is the one coach that hasn't shown like him and well, him and Kiffin are ones that that haven't shown any sort of tendency to run away from like who they are you know what i'm saying like tennessee their offense you the, mean they're all there are a lot of there are a lot of teams right there right. are a lot of teams that are like we'll, we'll throw a haymaker you know we want to throw two to three haymakers in the game and then they might throw one and that's it right or right. they want to get where they set up you know they're like hey we, we want to throw four to five you know two to three a half and again they only throw one Heupel is one that will throw, you know, Damn. just bomb, <laughs> yeah. bomb, bomb, bomb. Because yeah. here's the here's the here's the thought process. It's an incomplete, which is a win for the offense. Okay, I mean, whether wh- whatever you may think about it, it's actually a win for the offense. It's a the, the only ways that it wins for the defense is if it is an interception, right? Right. Right. It's, because if you allow him to have another play, it's still a win for the offense. And the thing with so, a bomb that's an interception, it's basically like a punt. It's a punt. It's a punt. Yeah, and it's a again, punt. you know, if he puts it inside the five and you get tackled inside the five, now you've got to go the length of the field. So if so, you're throwing it over the so, middle 10 yards and you throw an interception, then it's a total different story. But if it's 45 correct. yards downfield, but if he's it's throwing, a punt. If he's, just, if he's just throwing haymaker after haymaker, most of the time what's going to end up happening is, you're you're probably going to find somebody that's open. You're going to have, you know, either a pass interference, which is a win for you. The guy catches it, which is a win for you. And incomplete is still a win for you because you, you at least get the defense thinking that you're going to do this. And, you know, uh, an interception 
you know, if it is inside the five and you get them inside the five, again, punt, win for you. That's you know? actually what you're talking about right here is actually one of the things that is driving me insane about UK this season. The, their new offensive coordinator is, I don't think he's ever heard of a go route ever. Yeah. <laughs> and of it's course, driving when, me when you, insane. When, when you throw like these go routes and stuff like that, you do definitely want to have somebody that's, you know, Hammond, you want to try on that? that? Yeah, he's, he's not the best at creating plays. I mean, honestly, he's, we've had, I don't think he's ever heard of a go route ever. No, he, he does these little trick plays and he does these things and he, he don't open up the offense a lot. And I, I think mean, some, take a look at Barry and Brown and tell me that we can't have a go route and him run, run up under, let, let Levis throw it 60 yards and he'll go get it. Yeah. It, like the Auburn offensive coordinator. it don't, it don't make no sense. It's just a, you know, it's like the first play against South Carolina, he tries to do a trick play. It was terrible, absolutely horrible. And the ball comes out, and South Carolina gets it, and then the first play they score, and you're pretty it was much a pitch from the running back to a receiver. The pitch wasn't even the quarterback. It was a running back to a receiver, and it was blown up so badly that the pitch wasn't even near the darn receiver and they just scooped it up and went to the two yard line it was a horrendous play yeah i was in the crowd and fans was literally letting them have it it's, it's just <laughs> i'll tell you now you do that stuff against mississippi state you'll get blown out anyways we're we i, I just wanted to throw that in because it's something that's driving me insane mason's probably laughing at me right now <laughs> That I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's driving me insane because because we have the same the same issues. We're the same issues. Open up the offense, Scangarello. Shit. Of course, we're also <laughs> yelling that you're not running the ball enough. So <laughs> we're yelling that we're using our tight end for a uh, quarterback for half the game. So. <laughs> All of us are having offensive issues right now. <laughs> yeah. It's All right, guys. Expensive. Hey, man, I appreciate y'all coming on. I pre This has been fun. I love doing this. Um, we hope everybody enjoys this episode. We will do our game day pick-ems uh, probably tomorrow night uh, and post it either late tomorrow night or Friday morning. And uh, there is six big top 25 games this week for us to talk about and we'll add another six games to that and we'll do our normal 12 games on our game day pickums and uh we go we use the spreads and we'll do that and uh we appreciate you guys listening to us we're on apple and spotify and everywhere really i post some of these to youtube as well so uh we're share Tell tell people about it, um, and like and follow. Like, yep, like, like follow, share, rate, review, rate, yep, <laughs> review, all that good stuff. I appreciate it, guys. I hope y'all had fun. Everybody have fun doing this. Oh yeah, finally being able. To-